0: Good morning. You doing good today? Good. It's going to be an exciting morning. I'm excited for the message today. Before we jump in it, though, I do want to look on the other side of that camera and say a big hello to those of you joining us online, or maybe you're joining us from one of our jail campuses or our prison campuses or Belize Central Prison. You are family, and we believe in you. Come on, church family. Help me welcome everybody joining us. love y'all. Well, I get to finish up, so to speak. Where how, how many of you know we're coming out of summer, it's happening, and we're going into fall? And that means we're going into harvest season, and I'm excited about it. And next weekend, don't miss it, make sure that you're here, we're starting our brand new series called God First. It's gonna be an amazing series, and we want you to be a part of it. But today, I get to just bring a word that I felt like God was gonna give me, to give to us today, to help us transition forward of what does the next season look like? Like. And so let me give you the title of the message today, and it's this, Under Attack. <laughs> Encouraging, right? <laughs> Under Attack. I wonder if anybody else you've ever felt like something, you couldn't see it, you didn't know where it was coming from, but it was coming against you. It was opposing you, it was resisting you, it was keeping you from moving forward. Under Attack. I've, I've walked with Jesus long enough to know that you and I will have to engage in spiritual warfare, If we're doing anything right for the Lord, if we're living with Jesus and giving him our lives, at some point, we will come under attack by an invisible enemy. The Bible tells us that'll happen. In fact, I'll I'll give you an example. I've had many different examples, but a most recent and obvious example was just last May, there was myself and 15 women and we had gone off to what we called the Sisterhood Belize mission trips. And we went over to Belize and the whole mission was that we were gonna do about seven Sisterhood conferences events while we were there. And I think that week I was supposed to preach, I believe it was almost eight or nine times in a short five days. So I was already feeling a little bit anxious about that. It's a lot of work. And so, but we were excited. The whole team was ready and we make it to Belize. I think it was on a Tuesday we got there. And I'll never forget that night at dinner, Pastor Derek, who's our host, him and Valentine, they take us all on our mission trips. They set up all the events. And, and he looked at me at dinner and he said, we're really excited because we have a really amazing opportunity. We've never had this opportunity, but tomorrow morning, you and Valentin are gonna go live on our national TV station morning show. And I remember thinking, you got to be kidding me. So, so, but, but I was down. I thought, okay. And he said, you're going to get to tell people about Jesus, speak freely. And you're also going to get to tell all the women around the nation about the different events we're holding and invite them to be a part of it. And so I was excited about it. So the next morning, Wednesday morning, uh, we get up and that day on our agenda, we knew we had to be at the prison at 10 AM because our very first sisterhood event was going to be at Belize central prison with the female inmates that day. And we, we were really excited. But before that, we were going to go do this live TV show. And so the, the team stayed at the hotel. They were waiting for us to come back and get them and take them to the prison with us. And m- myself, we jumped in the car and we head off to the TV station. And to be honest, we were already running a little bit of late because of traffic and different things, but it's a live TV show. You can't be late for this. And so we knew we had to get there. And as we were, we finally got there, and as we were turning into the parking lot, I just remember we had to cross across traffic and turning left, and as we turned to go into the TV station parking lot, I remember seeing a flash coming at us rapidly. I I didn't have time to even know what was coming at us. I just knew something was coming at us, and about that time, something pounds us in the side of the car, crashes into us, glass goes flying, and we've been hit. I sat there for a minute thinking I don't want to be the first to open my door and get out and I don't know what's going to meet me there. I don't know what I'm going to see when I get out. But we got out of the car. And as I stepped out on my side, I see a man who's on a motorcycle. The motorcycle's now in pieces. And his head has gone through the windshield as he's crashed into us. He's bleeding from the head. He's bleeding from the arms. He's bleeding from the legs. But he also knows that he's probably in big trouble. And he's trying to gather up the pieces of his motorcycle to get out of there. We, we were able to talk to him and make sure that he was okay and he didn't want to go to the hospital and everybody in the car was fine and we got him settled down and we got him to stay put as we called authorities and waited for authorities to come. But all of this happens within seconds. And I remember Valentine looking at me and she says, you need to get in that station and do this interview. And I remember thinking there's no way I can go on live TV right now in a morning show and smile like none of this just happened. Physically I'm still shaking. I'm 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 still processing everything we just went through, but I knew somebody's got to go do this interview. So I grab my purse and a couple of us we run inside and we run up to the room. They throw the microphones on us. They sit us down in the chairs and they say smile. We're going live. Next thing I know, we're doing the interview, we're talking about Jesus and and we make it through the interview and it it all went well. And I was just in a hurry to go back out and check on Valentine and the situation waiting outside. And as I stepped outside, still no authorities had come, nothing had changed. And at this point, Pastor Derek had showed up in his truck and he said to me, we've got to get you in the truck, we've got to go get the bus, we've got to get the women and we need to get to the prison by 10 because we have to do this sisterhood there. And so next thing I know, we're jumping in the truck and I'm grabbing my Bible and my papers and we get in the truck and it's me and Pastor Derek and we take off down the road and not two minutes down the road, suddenly we hear a crash to the bottom of the truck. It is now sparks are flying from underneath the truck and something is dragging down the road and we cannot keep driving like this. And it was at that moment, we both said out loud, you've got to be kidding me. And at this moment, Pastor Derek gets out of the car and he's all dressed up. He lays down cardboard to get under the car and tie up something just so we can make it to the bus to go get the team to make it to the prison to minister to the women. And as he stepped out of the car and I had a moment alone in the car, it's at that moment it dawned on me. I think we're under attack. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me sooner. I don't know why I didn't recognize it sooner, but there was something in that moment that I realized this is not normal. This is not bad timing. This is not coincidence. We have an invisible enemy trying to keep us from getting to the mission that God called us to go do. And at that moment, I engaged differently. Once I realized, hey, we're under attack, I knew we were gonna engage this differently. In fact, I even by myself in that truck said out loud, devil, if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're gonna get. And I remember getting on my phone and I texted the team that was waiting for us at the hotel. And I said, "Here's girls, we're under attack. That's all I said, we're under attack. You need to go find one of your rooms, all get together in it, turn on the worship music and start praying and interceding. And sure enough, I'll show you. When I got finally got to the hotel, I found all the girls. They were there in the room. They were worshiping. They were speaking scriptures out. They were, they were praying. They were interceding. And how I arrived there, and then we all got on the bus, and we did make it to that prison, and we did have that event. And I'm telling you, it was life-changing. But the whole way there, we were under attack. I wonder if anybody feels like you might be under attack today. I wanna show you a passage because the truth is Jesus and the disciples knew what it was like to come under attack when they were on their way to a mission that they were being sent to. I'll show it, I wanna show it to you in Mark chapter four verses 35 through 41. And, and actually, you've heard this story before. This, no matter where you are in your church life, I assure you, you've probably at some point heard this story, but I hope you see it with fresh eyes today. I wanna show you this and under the premise of they were under attack on a mission heading to where God told them to go. Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41 says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. Anybody ever felt like that when you felt yourself under attack? Don't you even care that we're gonna drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. It's interesting because when I read this story, what gives us the hint that from the moment Jesus woke up to the storm, he knew they were under attack. He knew this is a spiritual attack. And the reason we know that Jesus knew that was based off the words that were used in this passage. If you go to Mark chapter four, verse 39, right there it says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, be silent. Every other time up to this time in Mark 4 in the book of Mark that Jesus rebuked something, it had to do with casting out demons. It had to do with rebuking an invisible enemy, a darkness that was coming against and opposing. That's what that word rebuked was used for right there. And so in this moment when Jesus wakes up, he knows it's not just bad timing. This isn't just a natural storm. We're under attack in this moment. And so he engaged differently because he knew that. And so I thought about that. How how did Jesus know they were under attack? How will you know? How will I know? How do we know when we're under spiritual attack? I wanna show you a few things from this passage and just from the scriptures in general that you can assess because you'll engage differently when you understand what you're up against and what's coming at you. How do you know when you're under spiritual attack? I want, there's four questions I want you to ask yourself. Here's the first one. Has there been kingdom advancement around me? For Jesus and the disciples, the Bible tells us when they took off into the sea to go to the other side, they were leaving crowds of people that had been gathering to hear the teachings of Jesus. Thousands and multitudes were coming to hear the teachings of Jesus. Kingdom advancement was happening all around them. And it says that people were getting healed, demons were getting cast out, people's lives were getting transformed, and new followers were joining them and starting to follow Jesus. So kingdom advancement was happening all around them. You can be sure the enemy wanted to stop it. The enemy wanted to oppose it. What about you? Maybe it's that you've been leading a small group for a few semesters now. And people are showing up and they're taking off the mask and they're getting in relationships and they're seeing themselves get set free. Kingdom advancement is happening. But if you're really honest, you've started to pick up on the fact that whatever day you have small group every week is like the day from hell for you. If something's gonna go wrong, it's gonna go wrong on the day I'm leading small group. Anybody? You're under attack. or, Or maybe you serve on a team here at the church and you've got committed to the vision and you wanna help and use your gifts that God's given you to make a difference in other people as they show up. And you've been serving on that team and suddenly you start to recognize that things are just trying to keep you from making it to church on Sunday. Is the car breaking down? I wake up sick. There's this reason after reason that's preventing you and making it hard for you to get here and serve with your team on Sunday and you feel like you're under attack? Has kingdom advancement been happening around me? Here's the second question we can ask ourselves when we're discerning, are we under spiritual attack? And it's this, has there been spiritual growth within me? For the disciples, think about it, they were fishermen and tax collectors, and now they've been spending 24-7 with the greatest teacher, the greatest rabbi of all time. They've been spending time with Jesus himself. So to say that spiritual growth was happening in them would be an understatement. They were completely changed men because they had been spending time with Jesus. And when Jesus is teaching the crowds, they were hearing those teachings, but not only that, they got to go away with him in private and ask him questions about the teachings he just gave. They got a level and a depth that nobody else was getting. They were growing spiritually and the enemy wanted to stop it. Uh, For you and I, maybe last weekend you watched 24 baptisms take place right here in the auditorium, and you've been growing spiritually, and you realize that's the next step God's stirring your heart to take, and that you can go public with your faith. You've never been water baptized, and I wonder if that you made a decision, even after watching last weekend. you made a decision this week, I'm going to get water baptized at the next thing but then suddenly you were flooded with doubts and fears and embarrassment and feelings of unworthiness and that you would be a hypocrite to go do that and you feel under attack. Or maybe, maybe you've been growing spiritually and reading your Bible and you've come to the place where you really do believe God wants you to give your tithe. You read Malachi 3 and you see that God's blessing is on those who give the first of what their income is to the Lord. And so now you made a decision to give your tithe and maybe you even stepped up and stepped out and, and, and did your online giving this week and then everything in your house broke down. Anybody? You feel like you're under attack because spiritual growth has been happening within you. Here's another question we can ask ourselves when we're trying to discern, am I under attack? And it's this, is there kingdom impact waiting ahead for me? You see, for the disciples and Jesus, they were leaving one shore and heading to another across the lake, uh, the, the Sea of Galilee, And they were going to new territory. They were going to a region that was full with Gentiles. It was full of false gods and false religions and idol worship. They were going to new territory that Jesus and the disciples hadn't yet been to. How many of you know, they were about to go invade the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light. And the enemy did not want them coming over to his territory and taking it from him. But that impact was waiting ahead for them. I wonder what it is for you. You've decided to work it out and to fight for your marriage. You've decided to lead your household and make sure that your kids are in the house of God. You've decided that you are gonna serve the Lord with your business and through your gifts. I don't know what it may be for you, but I'm just telling you the minute you and I decide to go take territory from the enemy that he has an easy grip on, could be under attack because he doesn't wanna give it up. The final one is this, a question we can ask ourselves to discern if we're under attack, and that is, do I suddenly feel uncommon fear or offense? There's two emotions that never come from God and only come from the enemy, and they are fear and offense every single time. You don't have to read far in your Bible to figure that one out. For the disciples, think about it, the minute the storm hit them in the middle of that lake, the two emotions and reactions they had were fear and offense. They were under attack. The first thing the Bible tells us is they became terrified. And even Jesus said, why are you so afraid? What's wrong? And they immediately were flooded with fear. Suddenly, it was uncommon, because I want you to think about it, they were, half the boat were fishermen. They had fished this lake their entire lives. They had been out in the storm in the middle of the lake before. Why was this so different? Well, I suggest to you, the enemy floods us in an uncommon sudden way. When you feel fear that's not normal for you, you could be under attack. Or think about it too, they also said to Jesus, do you not care that we're gonna die out here? They were offended. Jesus didn't do what they thought he should do when he thought they should do it. They were offended that Jesus is right there sleeping, not doing anything about this storm and that he would even dare let it hit their boat in the first place and they were offended. I wonder if you've ever felt sudden offense. In fact, that word offense, when you go find it in scripture, it's the word, Greek word scandalon, and that's where we get our English word scandal, and in other words, what it means by definition, it's the idea of a trap that is baited by the enemy and set for us to get caught. It's a snare, and offense is a snare. Offense comes from the enemy, so if you're in this place where you feel uncommon and sudden fear and offense, you may be under attack. So what do we do? What do you do when you come to the place that you feel like, I think I'm under spiritual attack? Well, with the rest of our time, I wanna show you four things to remember when you feel like you're under attack. And I'm gonna get these from our passage in Mark chapter four, but I'm gonna show it to you in Luke chapter eight. Same story, it's just another gospel version of it. And so the first thing you need to remember when you're under spiritual attack is this. Number one, remember that God said you would make it to the other side. Luke chapter eight, verse 22 says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and they started out. Jesus didn't say, let's try to get across to the other side of the lake. Jesus didn't say, let's do our best to get across the lake and get to the other side. It wasn't a suggestion from Jesus in this moment. Jesus had just given the disciples a promise before the attack ever came. And I can tell you this with full confidence, Jesus will give you a promise before the attack ever hits you. He already knows it's coming and I promise he's given you something to stand on in that attack. And in this moment, Jesus is telling his boys, boys, we're gonna go to the other side of the lake. So I don't know what you might feel under attack in this, in why you feel under attack this morning, but I wanna assure you, and I'm imploring you to remember, God said you'd make it to the other side. God said you'd make it to the other side. In fact, let me give you these promises. Isaiah chapter 43, verse two says this, God says this, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You see that day, Jesus didn't only give them instruction. Let's go to the other side. He gave them a promise. We are gonna get to the other side. No matter what comes in the middle of the lake, boys, we're gonna make it to the other side. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't panic. Just remember, I said, we're gonna get to the other side. So whatever you stepped out in that God's told you to do or you've tried to grow in, I just want you to know today, and I want you to remember when the attack comes, because it will. Can I just tell you, if you're not getting attacked ever, I have to question if my life is in such a way that is messing with the enemy and taking territory. You're gonna come under attack when you try to live for Jesus and you try to grow kingdom. And when it happens, remember, God said you'd make it to the other side. Here's the second thing we have to remember when we're under attack and it's this, number two. Remember that Jesus is in the boat with you. Luke chapter eight, verse 22 is that, so they got into the boat and started out. Who's they? The disciples and Jesus. Jesus is in the boat with them. And the way these passages hint at it, it's almost like they hint at the fact that at some point the disciples forgot Jesus was in the boat. Have you ever been in a situation that you got so focused on the storm so focused on the attack, so overwhelmed with the situation that you forgot Jesus was in the boat with you? Anybody besides me? And here's the disciples. And Jesus is asking, when he wakes up, he's wondering what's going on, why are you afraid? And it's simply because they forgot. By the time they get to him, it's like they suddenly remember Jesus is in the boat and now they're mad about it. We forgot he's in here. Why is he not doing something? And I just want to encourage you when you find yourself under attack, don't forget, please remember, Jesus is in the boat with you. He's in the attack with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. And I want to say this because I think so often as Christians, when we come under attack, it's almost like we have this default assumption that if we're under attack, it must be that the presence of an attack means the absence of God. That is not true. I'm not under attack because I've done something wrong. I'm under attack because I've done something right. I'm not under attack because God has abandoned me. I'm under attack because I got Jesus in the boat and the enemy doesn't like it. You need to remember when the, when the attack comes on, it's not because you've done something wrong. Unless you've just done something really stupid that is not in God's word and then you need to repent and get your lifeline back up and don't blame the devil for that one. But if you've gone through the process of discerning, I'm under spiritual attack, then you need to remember Jesus is in the boat with you, you don't have to fear, you don't have to question. In fact, I would say this, I started to think about it this week and I thought, I I want my default to become the minute I come under attack and I remember Jesus is in the boat with me, I want my words to become, enemy, you messed with the wrong boat. You must not have known Jesus was in this boat. Enemy, you've messed with the wrong marriage. You must not have known that Jesus is the head of this marriage. Enemy, you messed with the wrong children. You must not have known that I've committed and surrendered my children to Jesus. Enemy, you've messed with the wrong business. You must not have known that this business stands to serve the Lord. Enemy, you've messed with the wrong church. You must not have known that Jesus is the head of this church and we serve him and him only. Enemy, you messed with the wrong boat. I want there to be a fire within you to remember Jesus is in this boat. I'll give you a couple of verses. Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. I'll keep a firm grip on you when the attack comes. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Remember, Jesus is in the boat with you. Here's the third thing you need to remember if you're under attack. And it's this, number three. Remember you have authority in Christ. I wanna tell you today, if you are in Christ, if you've surrendered your life and heart to him, you have authority in Christ. You're not helpless, you're not hopeless, and you're not powerless. I started to think about this passage because I was thinking about why was Jesus so annoyed when he woke up? Now, this is just my opinion. So I'm not giving you doctrine and theology that could be sound. I'm just letting you know my opinion as I read this passage. I was thinking about the passage. Jesus, why were you so annoyed at your boys when you woke up and all of this was going on? And I really thought, I wonder if Jesus was annoyed they woke him up because they had authority to take care of it themselves. Anybody else? He's like, why are you gonna wake me up? You could rebuke it yourself. I have given you authority. I have given you power. You are in me. You are my disciple. Now take care of business. I want to remind you this because there's going to be moments and you think you're waiting on God and God's going, I've given you all you need. Why don't you take care of business? You're under attack by an invisible enemy and he holds no power over you. All power I have been given, I have given to you. In fact, let me show it to you. Luke chapter nine, verses one through two. One day, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. You've been given authority in Christ and there's gonna be a moment that you need to use it. There's gonna be a moment that you need to stand in it. Don't run, don't quit, don't get scared. Use the authority you've been given and just follow the example of Jesus, that's what I do. If I'm under attack and I know it, I rebuke just like Jesus did. I rebuke this sickness in Jesus' name. I rebuke this fear in Jesus' name. This is not from the Lord. I rebuke this attack in the name of Jesus. I rebuke myself all the time. I'll have a thought that doesn't line up with God's word and I'll rebuke the thought. I I will get offended at somebody and I'll literally, once I realize, because I'm under attack and now I've realized I'm under attack, and once I realize it's not flesh and blood that I'm wrestling with, it's demonic powers and principalities and darkness that I'm wrestling with. Once I've realized that and I have a thought of offense, I will immediately say, I rebuke this offense in Jesus' name. It cannot stay here. I rebuke. Learn those words because you have authority in Christ. When my husband tells me I can't shop, I say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I rebuke that. One time there was this woman who had a shopping problem. It wasn't me. And she was spending way too much money they didn't have. And she was going out to pick up milk one day and her husband said, honey, whatever you do, do not buy a new dress. You cannot buy a new dress today. You get the milk and the milk only. And she said, all right, I've got this. I can do this. And he said, okay, but just in case, just in case you get tempted, because you're probably going to get tempted. And when you get tempted, I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say these words, Satan, get behind me. And he taught her how to do this. And he, she said, okay, I've got it. So when I'm tempted, Satan, get behind me. And she, he said, yes, that's what you do. So off she goes to the store and she's, she's got the milk, but you know what happens? She walked by the dress aisle and she couldn't help herself. And she ends up buying the dress. And now she goes home and she walks in the front door and the husband recognizes immediately she got a new dress in that bag. And he says to her, babe, we talked about this. I, you said you weren't gonna buy a dress. And she goes, I know, I got so tempted. And he goes, We talked about that too. I told you to say, Satan, get behind me. She goes, I did. And he said it looked even better from back there. (laughs) Remember, you have authority in Christ, you're not helpless, you're not overpowered. No temptation is too strong. No stronghold has a grip on you. No enemy attack can take you out. You have authority in Christ. Begin to use it. Here's the fourth and the final thing that we have to remember when we're under attack. And it's this, number four. Remember there's an assignment waiting for you on the other side. You see, uh, Jesus, many, many say Jesus was just going off to the other side to get alone and to get some sleep and I would happen to disagree with that. This is Jesus we're talking about. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't tired, he'd been with the crowds, and I'm, but Jesus knew there was an assignment waiting on the other side. And why that matters is he knew they needed to win that battle in the middle of the lake and make it to the other side because there was an assignment waiting for them there that they needed to see to. Let me show it to you. Luke chapter eight, verses 26 through 27 said this. So they arrived in the region of Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. And as Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he'd been homeless and naked and living in the tombs outside of the town. The scripture, you can read the story yourself. It goes on to, to tell about how he, they would try to chain him and he was so strong because of the demonic possession, he would break the chains. Nothing could contain him, nothing could stop him, nothing could get him to settle down. And so this is the guy that everyone avoided. This is the guy that when they saw him, they made their way around him. They stayed as far away as they could from him. Nobody could interact with this man, but Jesus knew that this man was the assignment waiting on the other side. When they crossed the lake that day, Jesus knew what he was going for. And when he met, was met by this man, I'm sure the disciples probably rebuked Jesus saying, no, nobody can get, what a, we shouldn't get near this guy. And the Bible basically, go read the story. It tells us that Jesus talks to him and he casts out the demons and and the demons go in the pigs and the pigs run off the hill. You can go read the story. And a man that had been captive for years and years in a moment was set free by the hand of Jesus. Jesus. And now he's free and we get to Luke chapter eight, verses 37 through 39. It said, so Jesus returns to the boat and left. Why? Because he was going for one thing and one thing only. He had an assignment on the other side of that lake waiting for him that day. And come hell or high water, and it did, he was getting to that other side. He would fight the fight. He would deal with the battle. He would rebuke the winds and the wave and the enemy and he would make it to the other side for that man. And now he's going back. And the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he, the man, went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for them. And so the fire started on that day because Jesus and the disciples made it through the attack for the assignment on the other side. And that man would begin to start the largest gospel spread in that region in that moment because Jesus set him free. On that day in Belize, I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. We would have had every reason to quit, to reschedule. To, to, to not keep going forward, to assume maybe God doesn't want us to go do this. But you know what we knew? There's an assignment waiting for us on the other side of this. In fact, here's their faces. They were there waiting. They needed a message of hope. They needed freed and delivered. They needed chains to fall off. They needed salvation. They needed a reminder that they too mattered and that God has not left them, that God is not disappointed and that God still has a plan for their life. We had an assignment waiting on the other side. So I wanna ask you, if you might feel under attack today, who is it waiting on the other side that needs you to win this fight? Who's waiting for you on the other side? Is it your spouse? Your children? Your family? Your employees? Your friends on your sport team? I promise somebody's waiting on the other side and they need you to fight this fight and they need you to win this battle. They need you to not quit. They need you to not stop. They need you to keep standing firm and pressing forward and make it to the other side. Remember, you have an assignment waiting for you on the other side of that attack. Remember, God said you'd make it to the other side. Remember, Jesus is in the boat with you Remember, you have authority in Christ. And remember, God knows exactly what he's gonna do when you do the assignment that he called you to on the other side. And I can't wait one day when we stand in heaven and we hear, well done good and faithful servant. You fought the good fight. You stood firm. You pressed forward. You didn't get scared. You remembered what I told you. Well done, good and faithful servant. You made it to the other side. Would you pray with me? I wanna speak to two groups as we close. The first group I'll tell you ahead of time I'm coming for are those you've not committed your heart to Jesus. For whatever reason, you've not surrendered your life or maybe at one time you did, but you've long walked away. I wanna pray for you and then I'm gonna pray for the rest of us. But as I pray for those that haven't committed their life to Jesus in the room, I wanna speak to the other side of that screen. And I know some of you are sitting right now in a prison, in a jail, And I wanna encourage you, this word was for you today. What I know is many of you have family and children waiting on the other side and they need you to fight this fight. They need you to stand firm. They need you to commit your life to Jesus and let him help you and get in your boat so that you can make it out to the other side to those that are waiting for you. So I've come to encourage you today. And so all around on the other side of that screen or in this room, if you've not committed your life to Jesus, but you wanna invite, listen, he doesn't just get in your boat unless you invite him. He doesn't come in your life unless you invite him, but if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and surrender to him, you will have eternity with him. And so if that's you and you wanna do that today, just lift your hand right where you are and we're gonna pray a prayer together. So right where you are and on the other side of that screen, I want you to pray this right now with me in your heart. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I give you my life. I repent of my sin. Cleanse me now and give me a fresh start. Holy Spirit, fill me and show me how to live for you the rest of my days. I surrender now in Jesus mighty name. And now for the rest of us in this room or, or on the other side of that screen, if if you'd say you feel like you're under attack, listen, we're gonna do what the Bible says. We're I wanna pray for you. We're gonna break some chains and strongholds today and it doesn't take a lot. We just know we have authority in Christ and that God hears our prayers. And so if you're in the room and for whatever it is, you feel like you might be under attack, just lift your hand, we're gonna pray together. If that's you, you'd say, my life's been under attack. It's been hard, good or bad. That things have just been opposing me. I can tell there's an invisible enemy trying to stop me from the mission God's called me to. If that's you, hands lifted. Today, Father, you see our hands and you know our hearts. I pray right now for every son and daughter in the room that feels like they're under attack. We right now call a halt to the enemy's schemes and tactics. We command you to stop now in Jesus name. We resist you in the name of Jesus. And we just pray right now that every scheme and tactic and fiery dart would halt in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that chains and strongholds would be broken in the name of Jesus. I pray heaviness would lift now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you fill us fresh right now. Give us the strength and the power we need to endure attack, to stand in the authority that you've given us, Jesus. I pray right now for new hope to rise in this room. I pray right now those that were ready to quit would have a fire lit in them. I pray they would continue to fight the good fight. I pray they would continue to believe the promise that you gave them. We thank you, Jesus, that you are in our boat, and we command the enemy to leave now in Jesus' name. We surrender ourselves. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We resist the devil so he has to flee, and we just say, thank you, Jesus, that you are the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And at your name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are who you say you are and you can do what you say you can do. And we surrender to that now. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise in the house.